God will lift you up during your burdens. He will lift you up during your trials. When you're suffering and hurting and in pain, he will lift you up. And while you're going through that season, you'll learn so much that you will grow even mightier than you were before. Amen. I am excited to be in the house of the Lord today. The Lord has given me a word and... Uh, the, the Lord gave me a word, elevate, today. So I believe that the word elevate is going to be for each individual to, to see what the Lord is going to do in your life and to remind you what he brought you out of. So let's, let's pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Mighty are you, God. Holy are you, God. Worthy to be praised. You are wonderful. You're magnificent, Father. You are on the throne of thrones. Here I am, Father, as a servant. Take me out the way. Holy Spirit, speak through me and teach the people today to receive the word. And we bind the enemy right now in Jesus' name from trying to steal the word. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let us begin. So the Lord took me to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. We can flip there. I encourage physical Bibles. I'm a physical Bible kind of guy. Huh? Oh, is it in the way? Okay. I'm going to take this off. Okay. Why is everybody yelling at me once? All right. <laughs> there. My wife is passing out Bibles. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you want a physical Bible, raise your hand. All right. So Exodus chapter, I'm sorry, it's chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. I don't know if I said 2. I feel like I said 2. Exodus chapter 1, starting at verse 1. We're going to go through a story in the Bible. Um, we're going to go down the line, kind of break things up, get an understanding of what's going on here in Exodus. So it says on verse 1, Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. First, Joseph was in Egypt already, and Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. So we have a picture of the, tribe of, the tribes of Israel that are in Egypt that are in Egypt right now. But now there's a whole new generation that has been established in Egypt. A whole brand new generation. And it says that they were increased abundantly. They multiplied. It grew exceedingly mighty. So there's many of them. Tons of them. And not only were there many of them, they were mighty. They were mighty. They were strong. They were fierce. And it says the land was 
filled with them. Verse 8. It says, Now there arose a new king over Egypt. So we have a new king who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies to fight against us and so go up out of the land. Let's stop right there. So we have the new king of Egypt and he's afraid of the people of Israel. They're scared. They're like, oh my gosh. There's a million, million of them. And there's only like 10 of us. This is scary. Not only that, but they're mighty. They're strong. They're built. They're huge. We're afraid of them. They're afraid of God's children. And they wanted to do something evil. He's like, let's come up with a plan. Lest they join our enemies. And they become one and conquer us. They didn't want to be conquered. Egypt didn't want to be conquered by the children of Israel. It says, verse 11, Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities. Uh, excuse me, I don't pronounce everything perfect here. Fithom and Ramses. But the more they, they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So we have the Egyptians. They're putting them into to work. They're putting the children of Israel to work. They're afraid, right? So they're like, okay, let's put them into slavery and put them to work. Let's put them into a, a submission where they have to listen to us. So they dealt shrewdly with them. Shrewdly. I want to break down. I like definitions. Shrewdly is cold. So they gave them the cold shoulder. They, they weren't as nice anymore because, remember, before they, they, lived, in, they lived together in peace. But now they, were, they, they, were, so they set up taskmasters, which were like these specific leaders that would put them on check and make them work. But now they're acting cold. They're being mean. They're being aggressive. They, they don't longer partner with the, the Israelites the same way. Are we, are we getting a picture, church? Yes. Are we receiving? Yes. Hallelujah. It says, verse 12, it says, but they, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. How does that make sense? The more persecution, the more beatings they got, the more the more hate they received, they didn't receive any love. The more they grew still. Do you see the Lord elevating the people of Israel still, regardless? They were elevating them regardless. God was pushing it more to show them, these are my children. These are mine, and they will be fruitful, and they will multiply. Nowhere in here in the beginning of Exodus, they, they, they abandoned. Because usually they're like, oh, they abandoned God, and they got conquered. Never did the Israel, children of Israel say right here in this part that they abandoned God at this point. They didn't abandon God at this moment. They were still relying on hope because they were being fruitful, and they were still multiplying. They were growing and exceedingly great even though through all the persecution and through all the hurts and pains and sufferings, through all the beatings they received from the Egyptians. And they were dread of the children. You know what dread means? They grew of fear. They had anxiety of something bad will happen. So the Egyptians were afraid. They grew in fear like, oh my gosh, they're still growing. They went from one million to three million. 
It looks like my grandma's household. My grandma's has like 10 million kids. It grew exceedingly. It didn't stop them. No matter what, they continue to multiply. They were still a mighty nation. There was something about them that functioned so properly. They functioned as a unit together as one that they continue to multiply. They saw, they were watching, the, uh, the Egyptians were watching from a distance, looking at them saying, whoa, look at them. They're mighty. They function properly. They have their own system going. What do they have that we don't? And then they had many gods. The Egyptians had many gods. But we have one God, yes. the true and living God, yes. the one to came and save and redeem us. And he continued to elevate the children of Israel. It says, verse 13, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in motor and brick. And in all the manner of service in the field, all their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. And I looked up the word and I was like, what does that word mean, the rigor? A sudden feeling of cold with shivering of height of fever. That means that they were working them even with the highest heights of fever and colds. They began to shiver. Has anyone ever shivered when they were sick? Raise your hand. You know those moments in the peak where you're like, man, I'm just shivering. You're burning up in a high fever, yet you shiver. You're shaking, and they didn't stop making them work. They continue to put that persecution towards the children of God. They continue to put that pain and suffering, the hurt. They did not care how bad they were being treated. The Egyptians didn't care. And here's a great story as we continue. It says, then the king of Egypt spoke to, verse 15, we're on verse 15 right now. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on their birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. Look at all the boys are scared. If it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God. But the midwives feared God. They feared God. And did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? So we have these two mighty women of God, Shifra and Pua. These mighty women of God that the king of Egypt himself brought these midwives were basically the nurses of the time that would help deliver the, the babies. So these two nurses, they call them, hey, I don't want you to allow male Israelites to live. They didn't want the men of God to elevate. 
They didn't want the men of God to continue bringing them forth the seed of the next generation. They were trying to cut it down right from that moment. They didn't want them to prosper anymore. So the king of Egypt said, let's destroy the males. Let us destroy the males. And we're even seeing it today. Turn on the news. They're trying to destroy the males. That is not good. There is a healthy balance between male and female that God wants. And they're trying to destroy it. They're, the king of Egypt's backed. That spirit of the king of Egypt is backed, trying to destroy what God has intended to build and to elevate. It says that the women, Shephra and Pua, did not, they did not kill. They did not kill the males, but they feared God Almighty. They were more scared. They were more scared of God in a healthy fear. Like, whoa, this is my God. I love him. Why would I disobey him when he has been, take, he's been taking care of us for this long? Why, why would I listen to you and do this foolishness? This is, this are, these are my people. Why would we do that? I am not going to do that. And the king of Egypt calls them in. Why have you done this thing? And saves the male children alive. So they're having this discussion. The king, the, the, the king of Egypt and these two midwives. It was up to these two women for the whole tribe of Israel to do something, to destroy the roots of evil, and to continue to elevate the people of God to go higher. In the same way, it is up to us. It takes just a few to stand up against the wickedness of this world, to rise and to elevate and see the truth of God be moved. We're allowing the enemy to win, but we need to be like Shephron Pua right here. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what my neighbor says, but I care what my father in heaven says. What are we going to do? Are we going to stand up and stand up for righteousness and put our fear in God rather than the fear of men so that the church of God can elevate do you know what the, the word elevate? I was going to say this till the end, but I just can't help it now. The word elevate, right away we think next level. But there's so much depth to that word. It is of a priest holdup for adoration. Adoration was worship. So the, of a priest holdup for worship. We need to bring the worship back. Rise to our Father. We must elevate the highest of highest priests, King Jesus. Let us elevate Jesus. Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the government will tell you, why are you standing on the side of the church? Why are you, why are you still worshiping? Why are you still preaching on the streets? Why are you still saying Jesus saves? Why? Why? Because we want to elevate King Jesus and what he did. He is still saving souls today. He has not left us. He's not forsaken us. He is still here. How are you going to elevate him? 
Are you afraid to elevate him in front of your coworkers? What about at school when all the persecution comes? I heard a story. It was in Stillwater, if I'm not mistaken. That there was a Christian boy, and the teacher came against him. A teacher came against him. And, started, and it was a debate, and it was one Christian boy versus the whole class against the LGBT and all that stuff. And he made him cry. They made the Christian boy cry. But he didn't abandon his faith. Amen. Whether he cried, I understand, it's a little boy. But he didn't abandon his faith and say, well, God, I don't, I don't, Mom, I don't want to worship God anymore. He didn't abandon his faith. There's tons of stories. My son goes through things all the time at school, but he doesn't abandon his faith. He actually, he challenges to make the teachers think. He's like, no, I didn't come from a monkey. I came from God. Yeah. He makes sure to stand where he's saying, like, show me, because ev the evolution is just a theory. But God's word is concrete. It is still here. It has not left. We will elevate the word of God. We will elevate. Verse 19. It says, And the midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the, uh, give befo uh, give birth before the midwives come to them. It says that, they will, there were so fertile, like, as the, the nurses went to go deliver, they didn't wait, they didn't go to labor for 15, 16, 20 hours. It says that immediately the babies were coming out because, because God is, is a supernatural God. And the children were coming out fast. They are not like the Egyptians. We are special because we belong to God. We multiply. We are fruitful. It's quick. It is quick. They're not like you Egyptians that take three days to have birth. We are quick. Verse 20. It says, therefore, God dealt with the midwives and the people, multiplied, and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. So it says on verse 20 again, therefore God dealt well with the midwives. He, dealt, he dealt well. He showed favor upon them. And they, the people multiplied and grew very mighty. Notice that God showed favor to the midwives for doing the right thing. Favor to them. And not only that, again multiplication happened. They multiplied even more so. And now they weren't just mighty. It says they were very mighty. They were even mightier than before. They were putting them through labor, thinking that they were beating them down. But they were just growing stronger as they lift everything up. God will lift you up during your burdens. He will lift you up during your trials. When you're suffering and hurting and in pain. He will lift you up, and while you're going through that season, you'll learn so much that you will grow even mightier than you were before. Mightier than before. Do not lose hope, but push forward. Push forward into God. Seek Him. Find Him. Do not give up. 
because these midwives easily could have gotten killed by the Pharaoh. Notice that Pharaoh didn't even touch them. He could have easily killed them. Well, if I kill these two nurses, well, they're going to struggle finding more midwives. No, instead, they, he didn't even say nothing. He continued on, left it alone, and God had protected them. That the king of Egypt couldn't even touch them. Don't you know that God protects his children? Yes. That you lack nothing. There is nothing that you're missing. He puts a shield around you. You hide under his ring. He's your strong tower. Are you receiving today? Are you hearing? Are you listening? He is your strong tower. He uplifts you. Does they multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because of the midwives feared God. They feared God that he provided households for them. He blessed them with households. Look, I know how it is. I'm from El Paso, Texas, if you guys don't know. I grew up in the hood. I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to fight. I know what it is to, to go through it. I know. I know. But when I chose to trust in God, see, What's crazy is that me and my wife, our first place that we were staying, we were living in an apartment, not even under our name. Then he took us to another house. It was, there was issues with it. But I saw the shift as we were faithful over the little things. If we're faithful over the small things. See, the midwives had a big task, actually. But they were faithful over it. They could easily say, okay, we're going to slaughter him because King Pharaoh is probably going to kill us. Let's just kill them else. But no, they're like, I'm scared that if I die, I'm going to see my king in front of my face. And they're going to be like, why did you kill the males? Yeah. So i rather fear God than fear the king of Egypt and die with the king of Pharaoh killing me than seeing my Lord and Savior in, the, in front of his face and say, I just sinned against you tremendously. I was killing your seeds. Don't you know that Jesus came from the seed of David? And what if they killed that seed? But the midwives just carried something that was so important. I'm trying to put you in a picture that you are like Shephra and Pua. You are like these women who carry the word of God. And it is your choice to elevate God wherever you're at and stand for what is true and give hope to those that are dying. Everyone is a Everybody that doesn't believe in this word is a zombie right now. That needs to be awakened. That we have the antidote to give to them so that they can walk in wholeness and completeness in Christ Jesus. It is up to us to say something. Don't be quick to judge. I said this um, at the evangelism training with Ari. There was a guy, and this is what I'm saying. Don't judge a book by its cover. Do not judge a book by its cover. I'm going to tell this story. Uh, people already heard it. But there was uh, my friend. He was preaching to this guy. This guy's tattooed from 
eyelid to the bald head and every ear tattooed. And he told him, hey, he's like, hey, he was kind of nervous because he was taller and everything. He's like, hey, bro, do you know that Jesus loves you? And the guy's trying to fix the car and he goes, oh, okay. And then he goes, why is he not paying attention? He's like, bro, don't you know that, don't you know that Jesus, hey, bro, Jesus loves you. I'm telling you, Jesus loves you. He goes, oh, okay. And he wanted to see his heart. So my friend Bruno tells him one more time. He goes, bro, hey, pay attention to me for a second. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He goes, you, you're telling me that Jesus loves me? And he starts getting mad. He goes, yeah. He's like, you, you think, you, you're saying Jesus loves me? He goes, yeah. He's like, follow me. He goes to the back of his trunk, pops it, and it's full of Bibles. Grabs Bibles. He grabs the Bibles, and he goes, he gives it to my friend Bruno. He's like, come on, let's go preach the gospel. You don't know, you don't know. God saves everyone. Everyone. Today, I kept hearing the word today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you come back to Christ. Today is the day of salvation. We need Jesus, Amen. we need Jesus back in our country. Yes. No one will fix our problems, but God himself will redeem us. God himself will fix our issues. He is our provider. He is our God. He is our savior. Here's our hope, our help in the time of need. It says here, and it, so it was because the midwives feared God. It is because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, because the people of God did not cave in, he had to go to the wicked. He had to go to his own people. So Pharaoh commanded his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall say alive. So they took it into their own hands. But God is always a million steps ahead of us. He's like, I'm going to elevate a man of God named Moses. And I'm going to make this man a mighty man of God, though he doesn't believe in himself, though he doesn't know, even though he had a stuttering problem. I'm going to elevate this man of God and I will make him rise and he will be above and lead my people out of the land of Egypt. And I will elevate my people into a place where they can worship me. Because he had promised the land. See, the thing is that the people of Israel were already in the wrong land. They were never supposed to be in Egypt. They were promised into another land, a holy land, where Israel is at right now. That's where it was supposed to be. He had promised them to elevate them in a place flowing with milk and honey. The promises, the goodness of God flowing. You know how great Israel is. Do you know that there's a huge bird migration every year in Jerusalem? It's huge. And every year they find a new species of bird. Every, it's a true fact. God elevates everything. He brings things to a next level. Amazing what God does. His kingdom is infinite. I pray today that you see how great God is 
and how he wants to elevate you to the next level. But you must surrender to the Father. You must surrender everything to him. Your problems, your issues, your love for him, your help, everything that you are, if you surrender to the Lord, he will elevate you. He will elevate you to the next level just like how he did to Pua and Shefra. Go to, I'm going too fast, but go to 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. We're learning today, church. 2 Corinthians. Oh, I have my tab. Oh, no, no. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four, starting at verse eight. Are we there, church? Yes. yes. Any wait a minute? No. Okay. All right. I want us to follow along. It says Second Corinthians chapter four, starting at verse eight. It says we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We are, we're, even though the life and troubles come crumbling down and pushing you and crushing you and, and squeezing you to death and you feel like there's nothing that can be done, your God is here to help you. Jesus Christ, by the power of his name, came to bring you up from those moments of despair, from those perplexions and those, the, that pain and suffering that you're going through. You're not alone. Yes. You have never been alone. He said he has never forsaken you. Yes. The only thing that we did wrong is we closed him off. But he is there still. He's waiting for his children to come back. His, ar his arms are wide open. And not like the children of Israel back in the Old Testament, they waited so long. It says, well, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. And it's at that moment yeah. that God hears his children cry. He knows what you're going through. Yeah. That he will elevate and lift you up from those moments. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light, and our, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for, for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So we don't lose heart in the things of God. We have hope in it to, to, through, the, through the persecution and the pain and the suffering and the hurt that he elevates us. Are we receiving? Are you having hope? Are you hearing, church? Somebody shout Jesus. What? Louder. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So let's, let's put it all together for a moment. There's going to be hard moments. There's going to be really hard moments. between spouses, 
between friends, in the street, at work, at home. When you feel like no one, when you feel like no one is on your side, God is. pain and suffering, God is there. When you don't have hope anymore, you feel like there's no way. What can I do now? You fall on your knees, you look up, say, God, only you can get me out of this mess. See, I want you to be like Shifra and Pua. You need to have a healthy fear of God. Not a fear of God like, oh, he's going to strike me down with lightning. No, 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 no. A most reverence, respect, and love for God. A healthy respect and a love for God. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. you to listen. I want you to listen to his voice. Prayer. 